Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell of Philip Matthew tonight as we give our mid-season grades. Funny because a lot of people think I said mid-season grades, and when uh, when they think of mid-season, they don't necessarily think that nine races through the year is the mid-season, but it really is the beginning of the mid-season. I mean, we're we're starting the second half, second third of the season, the mid regular season point, you can say. So to me, this is, this is mid season, mid regular season. Uh, by the time we get to um, the playoffs, are the grades really going to matter? I mean, I don't think they're going to matter because they're going to either be in the playoffs or they're not. So uh, we're going to get our mid season grades. I'm calling that sort of second to it. 917-889-8280. That's the number to call tonight. If you want to join any part of the show, um, we're breaking down each team, each organization, and in uh, their affiliate team, and we're going to give what kind of grade we think um, they deserve. And, uh, you know, uh, we're going to start with the Chevrolet camp. Um, that's uh, the only reason why I start with the Chevrolet camp, and I do this every year, is because I feel like the Chevrolet camp, for whatever reason, has the most um, popular drivers, at least they used to, with Hendrick when Jeff Gordon was there and Dale Earnhardt Jr. was there. So we'll start with... Chevrolet, because that's sort of out of habit, like I've done every year, and go to Hendrick Motorsports. Now, you look at Hendrick Motorsports, Philip. Um, they got Jimmy Johnson, William Byron, uh, Alex Bowman, and Chase Elliott. Those are their four drivers here in 2019. Uh, Chase has had a decent year. They haven't been to victory lane. Um, Jimmy Johnson, we've seen him be okay at times. We've seen him struggle at times. Uh Okay performance on the short tracks. We still haven't seen that team perform well on the mile and a half tracks. Um, what are your thoughts on Hendrick Motorsports? What's your grade for them here uh, in 2019? I mean, so far, if we're going to be honest, I mean, outside of Chase, you know, having a couple flashes, finishing second at Martinsville, I mean, and then what they did at Daytona and, when they did all, they all did well in qualifying, but then that's basically what Hendrick has done ever since the Gen 6 car has existed. I would give the Hendrick Motorsports organization as a whole basically a C, a C uh, minus because outside of Chase, you know, doing a couple of things, having a couple of decent runs, I mean, what 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 can you say about Hendrick Motorsports, really? Uh, it's it's not a it's not it's not a pretty situation, you know, for them. And considering what they're known for and how they've been for many years, uh, Jimmy Johnson isn't really performing all that well. The 24 uh, is, you know, occasionally shows a flash here and there, but it's nothing spectacular from Byron. And then you, and then Alex Bowman's basically DOA. I mean, that's that's really what it is. They, I've heard from, I said it on the last show. I heard from a buddy of mine who's a '88 fan with Junior, and he basically stayed with Bowman because he liked the talent and all that. And he feels and he's heard that him and I, Bowman and I, do not work well together. They really never have, and they haven't bothered to make that change. And when you consider the Chris Bell issue, because we have to mention Chris Bell, we, I think we we probably should be part of the Chris Bell fan club because um, we I, whether it's me or somebody we always mention him. I think he's probably somebody that might be in play, albeit contracts and all that. C minus uh, through nine races. If somebody other than Chase wins a race, that'll probably change some things up. But that'll be between now and September and we'll see what happens. But even then, you don't really even need to win a race to make the make the playoff. So it's, yeah, you're it's right. not as good a deal, you know. Well, it's funny you say C-minus because usually when we do these grades, and I've done them in the past with other hosts on Talking Circles, uh, I've always been the, the grade, I guess the easier grader, I guess you can say. And sure enough, uh, it doesn't matter the host. My grade is just a little bit better than yours. You gave Hendrick Motorsports a C-minus. I give them a C, um, you know, again, and, and there's going to be people who, and, and I just want to put this out there. My grades are, are based on what my expectations are for this team. For example, you know, if we have a, a, a one car operation at Richard Petty Motorsports, you know, I don't expect them to run the same way as, 
as as Hendrick Motorsports with a four-car and big-time operation. So just want to put that out there as we continue on with the show. But I give him a C. You know, my expectations were pretty high, especially because we had a year of the Chevrolet underneath the belt, their belt, and uh, they've struggled badly. Um, Chase has been hit or miss this year. Jimmy's has been really pretty much miss. Byron, you know, we're sort of waiting for William Byron to take that next step in his career. He's yet to do so, and, and Bowman's been eh this year. And again, you could put a lot of this on maybe the Camaro, but we're start we're seeing other Chevrolet teams run pretty good, and we're going to talk about uh, Ganassi here next. But uh, you know, I think when you look at that standpoint, you know, there's a Ganassi team running pretty good. I think we've seen some nice speed out of a couple of JTD Daughtery cars. I mean, so to me. You can only put the blame on the Chevrolet so much. And uh, I think, you know, Hendrick as a whole this year, they've really struggled. So C for me. Um, next team I'm going to go with is Ganassi here. Chip Ganassi racing with Felix Sabatis. Uh, Rob Kaufman's part of that uh, ownership group over there as well. Um, the 42 and the one car they own with Kyle Larson and, uh, and Kurt Busch driving the one car. Listen, you know, I give this team a B minus and I'll get Phillips grade here in a little bit, bit but you know, I give it a B minus, and it's a B minus is not how I would expect to grade this. Where, you know, the one car is the reason why it's so high, and the 42 car is the reason why it's so low. Where in a year's past, it's been opposite. You know, the one car's run really good this year. Kurt's done a great job in that team. Him and Matt McCall seem to work really well. Um, you know, they've done, they've done everything but won a race this year, and they've been very, very fast. On the other hand, is the 42 team. They've struggled out of the gate. They've struggled immensely. Chad Johnson and Kyle Larson just don't seem to be on the same page. They've had a lot of. T- they've had some bad luck thrown in there as well. But they haven't had a lot of speed this year, so that brings Ganassi down. I give them a B minus overall as a whole, just because of how good that one team's been. I mean, you can argue that one car has been a top five, top six car all year, but that forty two car has probably been hasn't even been anywhere close to the top twenty. So um, I give Ganassi a B minus. What's your grade? Or Chip Ganassi racing with Felix Sabatis. I'll give him a so, so I'll go and continue the trend. I'll give him a C plus. Um, it's basically Kurt Busch. I give an A or an A plus, and I give Kyle Larson and the forty two uh, whatever you want to call F whatever. I, it's because it's a disaster um, over there at the 42. If it isn't the pit crew that's not screwing up, it's Chad. And then Kyle uh, rage quit at, at Richmond uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. It's really bad. It's basically like what you said, Clayton, where the roles are reversed. Um, and I've been on record as saying that uh, Kurt is running with house money. He's not worried about anything. So he's like, all right, let me just go for it. Who cares? They're not going to say anything. They can't do nothing to me. If I have a good year, good. And if I want to stay, Chip is probably going to let me stay because he doesn't really like to look for people. He doesn't really give a crap about NASCAR. Uh, This is basically his third uh, in terms of hierarchy of needs. This is number three. Um, You know, he brings the monster money. He's happy. His performance is basically one of the only reasons why Chevy is relevant right now in the Cup Series. The move, some of the races he's had this year, uh, you know, Atlanta being a, a big one, finishing third after bad qualifying, bad qualifying at Bristol, got to second. You know, the he's performing well above uh, his weight, and he's basically carrying uh, the bow tie brigade at this point. And so I figure both will be in the playoffs. It's very hard for me to see both one of them missing, meaning Larson, because Kurt's going to make the playoffs. Uh, you know, so, I mean, but for now, I, I would say C-plus for Ganassi. Yeah, and like you said, sticking with the trend there, you know, Clayton, the, the easy grader uh, gives him just a little bit of a higher grade there. Uh, at a B minus for Chip Ganassi Racing. Next is the RCR, and we can, you know, uh, discuss all three of these together if you'd like. But I'd like to get three separate grades from the RCR camp, you know, uh, with RCR Jermaine, and then you put RPM in there as well. Um, you know, I give RCR a C plus. I think the three cars run pretty good this year. The eight car, and and it's really none of their doing 
aside from Richmond, the, all the other eight races, they've had miserable luck on that eight car all year long. Um, but you have to include that in the grade. Um, you know, luck's part of racing, unfortunately. So you have to, that brings that RCR car down a little, RCR down a little bit in my eyes, you know. So um, I give them a C plus, you know, just because the eight car has been so uh, non-existent this year. And again, it's not their fault. I think they've had decent speed at times, the eight car, but, you know, they've been caught up in so many issues all year long. Uh, C plus for RCR, Jermaine Racing, the 13 car with Ty Dillon this year. I think they've taken a step in the right direction this year. They've actually really rebounded nicely um, and, and, and run pretty well here so far. Uh, I give them a C plus as well. Now, again, uh, I don't hold Jermaine to the same status as I hold RCR because RCR is a two-car team. They've got a bigger organization. So a C plus doesn't mean that they're running the same. You know, I know Austin Dillon's running all off top 10s and Ty Dillon's running off top 15s, but it's a little bit different situation. RPM, I grouped them in there as well. They got a, an association, and RPM, I give a C minus. They really haven't had a lot of speed this year. Um, they've run okay at times, you know, but I just think, for unfortunately, for that team, their biggest issue is finances right now. You know, you've heard Bubba Wallace come out and say some things over the last couple of weeks that kind of make you scratch your head a little bit about the finances of that organization. I think they're sort of hanging on by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, chin, uh, as the old saying goes. So, um, you know, RCR, C+. Jermaine a C plus RPM a C minus there for the Richard Childress Racing affiliated teams. Philip, uh, where do these teams rank for you? Yeah, I basically grade down uh, one on each of them. I mean, in terms of RCR, they've been the Ryan Newman of the um, of the circuit, where they run really well on Friday and then they disappear, which was basically how No Neck did his job for like a good decade, basically, or whenever, as long as he was at Penske, that was basically what he did. Uh, he'd qualify on pole and they'd talk about the rocket man and all his stupidity. And then he'd, he'd fall like a, like an anvil. Uh, Austin Dillon has had some decent runs. So it's not like it's out of the realm. Like he, I think they're, they're making a turn here. Uh, I believe him and, and, uh, one of my Danny Stockman are are quite a great combination. The, they have they have the hardware to prove it, and I think as we go into this next part of the year, you I mean going to a restrictor plate racetrack or whatever you want to call it these days? It's still basically restricted engines. It doesn't really matter what they want to go and talk about. But I think uh, he has a very good opportunity. Uh, to make that turn and possibly get himself locked in. And in terms of Hemrick, his luck has been as brutal as I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen some guys who have some bad luck, but he's had bad luck like nobody's business. Uh, He's had speed. He has the potential. That team is, I think, going to make a step forward. And that rookie battle, as the year goes on, I think will get a little bit more interesting. Do I think either of those guys are going to make make the cut i don't know i don't think so they've got such a huge hole to get out of it would basically be win to get in uh mm-hmm. ty Dillon has made a step forward i've never been high i've never really rated matt borland as being anything great but somewhere along the line i guess this year they've hit on something i think at least on under one and a half mile racetracks they've they finally found some pace which is something that the Jermaine team, no matter who they've had in their car, really hasn't had. You know, they've usually, you know, made a move occasionally at a road course or they'd be at, a, at, at the restricted plate tracks. But now they look like they have a potential. Uh, so that's good. And Ty Dillon, you know, I, I, I honestly believe he's got more raw talent than Austin. He just hasn't been as fortunate. He hasn't really run in as good of a situation as Austin had. Uh, so we'll see. Um, we'll see how everything works as the rest of the season goes. In terms of RPM, it's not very good. Uh, basically, I'd give them a D. Uh, at this point last year, they had two top ten finishes. Uh, they had a second-place finish at Daytona 500, and they had a top ten at Texas, and they had led laps at Bristol and then the bottom fell out. This year, outside of the short tracks and then Daytona, uh, they have not been on pace at all. It's not a very pretty sight, what's going on with them, basically cannibalizing themselves. Uh, I don't know what 
to expect as the season goes on. I don't know where the finances are with RPM, what Bubba's thinking. You know, I know he's probably going to be driving that 22 truck a little more often because Austin Wayne Self got uh, suspended. But I don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. They're a lot like Williams in Formula One where they're the great organization that won a lot of championships and they have an iconic name. But they have fallen way behind, and it's going to take a long time, if at all, if they're ever going to come back. And so yeah. that's where I see the R- R- RCR type, the RCR teams. Yeah, it's a shame that what's going on there at RPM. One other Chevrolet team I want to touch on, and you know, we'll get to Starcom too a little bit later as well, but uh, one team I really want to touch on is JTG, and I'm going to give them a pretty high grade. I'm going to give them a B-, and I know that's going to blow, maybe blow your grade out of the water, but I, Philip of all the teams this year, of all the cars, all the drivers this year, the team I've been most impressed with has been Chris Buescher. Now, I know when you look at his uh, finishing results, they haven't quite been what you've expected. Um, but let me say this, you know, uh, Daytona 500, he crashed and finished 37th, you know, but they have uh, five top 20 finishes this year. And they've qualified pretty good. They've had some raw speed. If they can put together a, a decent amount, a couple of races where they put together all of, all their races, that 37 team is going to be somebody to look out for from the playoffs because Busher's proven this year he's a tremendous race car driver. They ran good last year, but I think they even got more speed this year in that 37 car. Trent Owens, a great crew chief over there at their, at their 37 car. I've been really, really impressed. The other car over there at the 47 uh, Ryan Priest is in a, his rookie year. He's had some issues. They've shown some speed at times this year as well. Not as much speed as the 37, but they've run pretty decent here of late as well. So um, I give them a B minus just because, again, the team that I've been most impressed with this year is the 37, just by their raw speed. Uh, I, you can't sit there and tell me that um, they they haven't had speed. They've had speed. They've they've got a couple of stages where they've gotten some points. So uh, that 37 team has been really impressive to me. Yeah. I'm, I'm to go and buck the trend. I'm going to agree with you uh, in terms of the, and it's basically because Chris Bush or, you know, the people want to forget or don't bother to know that he's a former Xfinity champion. He dominated Arca before he got an Xfinity. Then he got an Xfinity Roush and and won a championship. He went to front row. I was at Pocono when they won that rain shortened race. The kid can drive. He's one of the more talented. He's one of he's underrated. There's like people want to talk about underrated. He's underrated. I saw Rich I was at Richmond a couple weeks ago. He was one of the fastest cars. He was the fastest Chevy in the whole entire in the whole entire place. And then things went sideways. I think pit stops and things happening and you know, they they haven't put a whole race together as what you said as, as Clayton mentioned there, and that's really what it is. If they put a whole race together, that team could be top ten, top fifteen, solid, no problem, which would put them in a in a good spot, you know, come September. And the point is he's sneaky he's sneaky fast at a lot of these different racetracks. So it's not like he's gonna go away. I mean the points the issue with him is he's lost a lot of points right now in terms of the the playoff. He's 33 and he's 46 out, so it's going to be a little difficult. But and he's like 49 out of 14, so uh, the, it'll be difficult at the moment. But you know, he put a few runs together. They're going to get a little momentum going. I think that All Star, you know, when they have the All Star race, it's probably it'll be one of the ones that qualifies out of the open. Uh, And so he'll have more laps there. Charlotte, which will also help him. Hopefully it'll be a different package, but still the laps will help. And Trent Owens is also an underrated crew chief. Um, Priest has the potential and the talent. Just haven't had a whole lot of luck, but the fact is he's a rookie and he has time. So it's not as though it's the end of the world. So I think for him, he should be, take his time by the second half of the year, I think things will turn around for them. Yeah, I, I tell you, I just love that team. I just think, uh, you know, Busher, like you said, he's such an underrated guy, and people seem to forget that he was he was a Bushier champion. 
uh, Xfinity Series champion, whatever you want to call it. He was an Xfinity Series champion, and uh, he's a great race car driver. So um, certainly a team that that I think has had a great year, that 37 car so far through nine races. Next uh, manufacturer we're going to go to is Ford, Ford Motor Company. Um, and Stuart Haas Racing is the next team I want to I want to touch on. I'm going to give them a B right now. Um, you know, I when I think of that team, they're very good. I mean, there, there's no doubt. You look at what Amarola's done this year, at what Boyer's done this year. Suarez is having the best year of his career. Harvick's done really well. But we haven't seen that team visit victory lane yet. They seem to be a step or two behind Team Penske and JGR. So I give them a B. I mean, they're still got really good drivers. And, and listen, this week off could have been the best thing to happen to them. They could have sat there and said, "Let's, you know what? We, we know we're behind on speed. Let's build new race cars. Let's, let's take what we've learned through these nine races and put it into our new race cars here. So into our new race car. And, and Harvard goes out to uh, next week, which is Dover, and goes out and wins. Um, you know, it could, you could totally see that happening. Um, but right now I give them a B. I just think they're a step behind the top two teams in the sport. Where do you rank Stuart Haas? Yeah, I agree on that one. Uh, the fact is, even the the way that we've been talking about it on the show, that they're just not where they were a year ago. And it's like, well, Kevin Harvick went on a heater that he's never went on in his whole career. Uh, but even with that, he hasn't won a race this year. He's the only one in the top six in points that hasn't won a race this year, but he's fourth in points. And he has seven top tens in, in nine races uh, and a DNF. So the fact is, and he has two stage wins. I don't see that being the case the whole year. I figure he'll get his he'll get a couple of wins along the way. And then you add the rest of Stuart Hoff's racing there, Boyer's eighth. He had a car to win at Richmond. He's had a couple other like flashes this year. And then uh Almirola has basically been a top ten machine. But then Bristol happened, and Daytona, I think, he wrecked as well. So then that, that'll that go and mess with your points. Uh, finished fifth in points last year. He was consistent as anything. So the point he's basically mirroring, kind of mirroring it, except with like kind of a step down. And Suarez is not, you know, the first few races was not were not very pretty for him. But he's gotten on a little roll, and now he's 12th, and he has four top tens. So it's he's not he's he has a chance to actually go and make this playoff and actually have a chance uh so i mean yes they're behind but they may not be as far behind as it, it may seem that they're behind farther behind but i don't think they're as far behind as as it may seem i agree i think they're they're just a like a step a baby step if that for uh Stuart House Racing. Next team, Philip, and I want you to go first here. Uh Team Penske and the Wood Brothers, you know, a, a grade for Team Penske and a grade for the Wood Brothers so far here in twenty nineteen. In terms of Team Penske, I'd I'd say uh, I'd say an A minus and it would be higher, but I the Blaney hasn't uh Blaney has had a couple DNFs, hasn't been able to close uh, and get a get a win yet. Uh, basically, you know, Brad's had some you know rough runs, but he has two wins. Joey's second in points right now, and he has one win with six top tens, and five of them are top fives. So, and the stage wins, uh, I think they're they lead the league right now with eight as a team, while whatever, JGR is second with six. So, I mean, the reality is the, I'll give him an A minus. Uh, you can probably give him an A uh, if you want to combine. I, the Wood Brothers have made a couple, have made some moves. Menard's right on the bump right now. Uh, currently 15th in the, in the standings or chase stand or 16th overall. And you'd be 15th in a reseed. In terms of chase standings, uh, you know, they've made some progress these last few weeks on the short tracks. Had a little bit more speed. Uh, you know, everyone, nobody really wants to think about the shootout um, or the clash or whatever. But he dominated that race. Nobody could pass him, 
it took Jimmy Johnson putting him in the fence to for him to lose that race. So uh, he has a chance to go and pull one out of his backside and go and win. Um, but that's almost anybody on Sunday. And then that would make his grade look a lot better. Penske overall has been pretty solid, and uh, they've responded to this new package really well. And it's a, it's, I think it's a bad sign overall for everybody else when you have the defending series champion, Joey Logano, you have Brad Keselowski, who's as hungry as anybody can be, no matter what the year is, to Doherty have won races, and Brad has the most dominant win of the year. And then you have Blaney, who's just been on knocking on the door, knocking on the door to finally win a race. And once he does, I eventually one of these days he's gonna the, the floodgates are gonna open. Uh, um, thinking sooner rather than later, though, with that. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you right on there with Team Penske. An A minus for them. They've been great. I mean, uh, you know, there have been races I would like to see more consistency. But I said that last year about Logano when he went out and won a championship, and maybe that's an old school mentality for me is that, you know, I, I kind of value maybe consistency a little bit too much when it comes to that stuff. Um, you know, I feel like the two and the 22 especially can turn on whenever they need to and say, okay, this is our chance, time to win races. Let's do it. And boom. Uh, and I believe Blaney is uh, just a step behind those two because he's still younger, still, um, you know, only been in the sport four or five years. And I don't think Blaney is in the same boat as Kozlowski and Logano, because I feel like, Kozlowski and Logano can win at any track, anytime, anywhere. I'm not sure Blaney's just there just yet. Um, so with that being said, I give him an A minus. I think Blaney's had a pretty good year. They've had, and, and no doubt team Penske's had a lot of speed in their race cars. Um, it's just a matter of closing and, and just maybe a little bit more consistency for team Penske. That that's what I would, if I had one nitpick, that's what it would be for the Wood Brothers. I give him a B minus. I mean, this grade three weeks ago probably would have been a little bit worse than what it is now. Um, you know, like you said, Menard really figured it out here at Bristol and Richmond, turned his season around with back-to-back top 10 finishes, got into 15th in the standings. Uh, he's looking a little better. Maybe they can build on that momentum. Uh, he's always pretty good on these, on these, uh, super speedway tracks. It's going to be interesting to see what this package does. Um, so Menard might be able to write his season here a little bit here with these short tracks and everything. So I get the Wood Brothers a B minus. Uh, next up is Rosh Fenway Racing. Um, they got a two-car operation with Ryan Newman in the six and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. in the number 17. Um, you know, Newman, I think, had a pretty good year. I mean, you got to remember where that six car was a year ago. I know he's got a new crew chief over there in, in uh, Scott Graves. They've done well together. They, they seem to work really well together. I know a lot of people were kind of annoyed at Newman last week because he's just so hard to pass, but he's always been hard to pass. Uh, there's there's nobody who races harder than Ryan Newman, so I, and I give him a lot of respect for that. He deserves that. He deserves respect. You know that's how I want my driver to be. Um, Stenhouse, on the other hand, they've been to me a little bit disappointing this year. I expect them to be right there in the playoff a thick of things. I know uh, one of his better racetracks, Bristol Lap One, he was taken out in that race, which wasn't his fault, so that really hurt him as well. But um, you know, I'd like to see the 17 team. You know, they, they were pretty consistent last year, finishing in the top 15. We haven't really seen that yet. Uh, but here in this second part of uh, the regular season, I'd like to see them maybe roll off some some decent runs here um, and, and get them back into the playoff pu- punch there. So, Rash Fenway, Philip, I give them a C plus. Uh, what's your grade for them? Yeah, I'll go. I'll actually go a little higher. I'll, I'll go B minus. Um, and it's interesting that I would say that considering I'm no, I've never really been a fan of Ryan Newman. Uh, and, but I have to give the guy credit in the fact that the six car generally, um, no offense to your driver, uh, Clayton, uh, yeah. but basically since Mark Martin left, which is basically what Roush Racing was for a decade, a couple decades, or a decade and a half, was Mark Martin. That's the flagship car, and that car has fallen off since Mark Martin's seven, first of 17 retirements and on retirements. Uh, but now, with Newman there, there's some sort of cachet, and I think because of being a veteran presence, having the experience of being at Penske, being at Stuart Haas, and being at 
RCR, he understands how other teams work and what works there and what hasn't worked, and he can bring it to a team that has generally been going down a rabbit hole for many years um, and doesn't have as much of the finances per se or doesn't have as much of the stuff as some of these other teams. I, I don't care for them, but the reality is they're more they're relevant. Uh, I do agree also that Stenhouse has not really had a great, you know, start to, I mean, he had a decent, like Atlanta, a couple of them races were okay, but he only has one top 10. I mean, Newman already has two. In terms of points, it's not really that much of a difference. They are basically the same. They, they're separated by 12 points or eight points. So I, I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them B minus. I mean, the reality is for what they've been the past few years to where they are now, it seems like there actually is a glimmer of hope. And I kind of give Matt Kenseth credit uh, as well for what he did last year, basically biting the bullet on his walk-off to go and kind of help Roush get out of the dark ages. Um, And I think there is a potential there that, I mean, Stenhouse is a former winner of the race that we're going to have on Sunday it was his first career win. Um, he's a noted uh, racer at Talladega and Daytona. He's very aggressive. People don't like it, but, you know, you have to be. And yep. uh, Newman Newman can figure it out, can pull things out under one-and-a-half-mile racetracks. He's been known to pull some wins out in the recent past. So I, I have to say, I mean, I think they also benefit from the two, two of the three major teams in the sport of four teams. I think they're getting a little bit of residuals off of that, but you know, it's progress made for a team that has been behind for a while. Yeah, I agree. I, I just, it's nice to see Rash as a Ford fan, a fan of Ford motor company. Uh, it's nice to see them run as well as they have so far this year. And, and we'll see, you know, this is a big nine races next nine, 10 races for Roush Fenway to see if they can, maintain that maintain the pace you know because you know these all these teams were working over this off off weekend uh putting what they learned so far through these races into their race cars with this new package it's gonna be interesting to see which which teams uh perform which ones don't next team philip is front row motorsports uh they have the number 34 with michael mcdowell 36 this year with um matt tift and the 38 with david reagan where do you have them ranked before I uh, give them my grade? I mean, for what what front row is, uh, I'll give them a C plus. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I guess I should give them like a, a give them a B minus. But when you consider that they're basically towing the the towing up the back of the field in terms of full time teams. Uh, I don't think the addition of the third team has been a great help to them. It also is a thing that Matt Tift is, I don't believe, really uh, all that great. But, you know, he's just somebody there. He's he's a seat filler. Uh, I don't think that's really helped them. Uh, I also believe that they would – they could do better if they had somebody like a Chris Busher, who they used to have. Uh, somebody like that is a little more aggressive. Yeah, he may wreck, but then the fact is McDowell, whether it's McDowell or Reagan, one of them's involved in the wreck every week. So it doesn't really matter. I'd rather have a young guy who's pushing, trying to make something happen. I figure McDowell will, will they'll have a good run or they'll have a chance on Sunday. I figure McDowell will do his best at uh, at Sears Point and Watkins Glen. I don't know where Matt Tift or will do anything, if he'll do anything. Um, I'll give him a C+. Uh, I mean, for what they are and where they're at, I mean, they're, they're one of the only organizations left that are, you know, they've started from the bottom. They're trying to build it up. Bob Jenkins has done it you know, with relatively little assistance. He has Roush help, which at the end of the day, when you consider where Roush is, they're middle of the road. So you're Mm -hmm. only going to get so far with that. And, I mean, they're beating basically some of the other low-funded 
full-time efforts, and that's where they pretty much are. Well, you're a lot more generous than me, Philip, and I guess because I'm a fan of this race team and I my expectations were high, and I thought they had a pretty good year last year with the two-car operation with McDowell and Reagan. I thought David had one of his best seasons last year at Front Row Motorsports. Um, they put a lot of poured a lot of money into that team a year ago, or before the 2018 season, uh, you know, and and really humped hunked down and and, and brought uh, built new race cars, did everything they could to to really make this team competitive, and they and they, they ran pretty good uh, last year. This year has been a step backwards. Um, they the speed the biggest most alarming thing is the speed hasn't been there uh, for any team really. And the 34s run okay at times. Uh, the 38 had a good run at Atlanta and Bristol. They were running really good before they had a, a flat tire that uh, David hit the wall and ended up 21st. But, you know, other than that, they've really haven't had the speed this year. And that's a major, major concern. Um, I think they're going to both can be factors on Sunday at Talladega, like you said, but I'm going to give them a C minus and they just, ha- their speed hasn't been there. Um, and, and it's just alarming. And they got kind of, they built their, they got behind on the short track program a little bit there, building cars. You know, they've been really tight. Richmond, one of David's best racetracks. They were out to lunch at Richmond. Martinsville, they were god awful. Um, so it's been a it's been a frustrating year for for front row motorsports fans. So unfortunately I have to give them a C minus. As much as that kills me to do that, um, you know, that and that might be even a little high. That's how it's been a tough year. And I think the three cars has hurt them just a little bit. And maybe again, I think for me it was a relief to see this off season come up, off weekend come up here at Easter weekend because it was like, you know what, uh, our team could use a break and maybe go back and and go back to the drawing board on some things. So we'll see if they can pick it up here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but uh, a tough start to the year for Front Row Motorsports. Next team uh, is Go Fast Solo Car Operation this year. Go Fast Racing. Corey LaJoy, the full time driver there, the number thirty two Ford uh, for Go Fast Racing. Um, you know, a small operation, you know, they do it on a small budget there. They've been doing the same thing here for a while. Uh, Archie St. Hilaire and Frankie Stoddard, the owners of that race team. Um, I give them a C minus two. They haven't had a, they haven't really had a great year. They haven't had a, 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 a bad year. You know, D Benedetto's moved on from there. And, um, Matt's first year there, I felt like they took a step in the right direction last year. felt like they took a step back this year. I feel like they took a neutral, they've kind of stayed, stayed where they are. Uh, where they were a year ago. I think LaJoy's got some skills. I like that the fact that he's a, he's worked for a lot of the things he's had. Um, you know, he's he's pretty good on social media. He's a good personality. But uh, I give that team a C-. minus. Um, just, you know, they're a solo cooperation, trying to do it by themselves. They're a little bit behind on funding. So I, I feel like... Yeah, I mean, in terms of... Go fast. I'll agree with you. I mean, C minus. The the reality is it's a negligible difference uh, between the Benedetto and and Corey LaJoy. There was a time when Corey LaJoy was one of the um, he was an RPM uh, development guy, and he was driving for the Rulo brothers. He won an ARCA race at Pocono. I remember covering him. And, uh, you know, he's, he's got potential. Uh, I'm, I've never really been a big, uh, you know, Corey LaJoy fan other than, you know, he's had, you know, his dad and being from the Northeast and all that stuff. And that's fine. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll, everybody remembers him going and running the car with his face on it with Old Spice. And my whole thing is I wish Tony Stewart would have done that. That would have been cooler. Uh, But we'll see on Sunday what they do. They're what they are. You know, they're basically a 25th to a 32nd place team. That's what they're going to be for forever. And there really isn't, uh, there really isn't going to be a change because of the way sponsorships are these days and the way, all these different things are that that's what they are. It uh, doesn't really matter who they put in the car. And so whatever, uh, as long as he isn't causing cautions or hitting your favorite driver, it really shouldn't matter uh, what, what the 32 does on, on a regular basis. So. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I think um, you know, they're they're just that team that you know, they've kind of pieced it together here every year and seem to to put together a full year. And if if this was 15, 20 years ago where charters weren't a thing, um, they probably would be a part-time team trying to do the best at it that way. Toyota is next, Philip, uh JGR Joe Gibbs Racing, uh four car operation there again this year for people who have been buried under a rock. Um, they also have an affiliate with, with Levine Family Racing. We'll throw that in there as well. But um, they, they have the number 11 car with Denny Hamlin, the number 18 with Kyle Busch, the number 19 with Martin Truex Jr., and the number 20 with Eric Jones. Levine Family, they have an association. Then the number 95, Matthew Benedetto's over there this year with the number 95 team. Um, so Joe Gibbs, to me, Philip, I mean, they've been the best team this year so far. Uh, and it's just because of that 18 and the 11s taking a step in the right direction this year. Um, you know, I know as much as Denny Hamlin, like Mike Wheeler, right now Denny Hamlin's running really good with Chris Gabehart. So, um, you know, he, he won the Daytona 500, and he's won a, a couple of races this year. He's done a really nice job, Denny. Um, and Kyle's been up front leading a lot of races. He's probably been the best driver this year. You know, Jones has been sort of snake-bitten here. Truex has, has won a race this year as well. So, um and he won, he won Richmond, which was a short track, got the short track monkey off his back. So uh, I think Joe Gibbs is, is – I give them an A. The only thing that, that keeps me from giving them an A-plus is just because it doesn't seem to trickle through the whole organization. Not sure what's up with that 20 car. But uh, other than that, I really don't have anything to say about, bad about them. And right now, I think Joe Gibbs is the best team in NASCAR, and uh, I give them an A. What's your grade for JGR? Yeah, I mean, base. I, I'll agree. Uh, you know, the the fact that you know the media wants to gaslight fans and basically force Kyle Busch down our throats uh, as though he's the Lord and Savior, he's the greatest thing that's ever happened in NASCAR. Uh, the whole two hundred wins BS. Um, you know, some of the other things. Uh, the fact is, basically, since he went and wrecked wrecked at Daytona and broke his leg, there's been this thing to go and make Toyota or they've made rules or altered rules that have basically benefited uh, Toyota and the biggest beneficiary of them has been Kyle Busch. Uh, So, I mean, fine. He's won those races good. Uh, In terms of Denny Hamlin actually being a factor, uh, that's something uh, that hasn't really been the case over the last few years. Uh, the move to get Gabe Hart over there has actually been a good one. Uh, Truex going and winning at, at Richmond. I mean, honestly, it was a fight. Uh, you know, Logano and, and uh, Boyer would have wanted to have a chance there or had a chance there if they actually had 900 horsepower like they should have. I don't know if that would have worked out that way. Truex is a step behind what he had been since 2016 uh, with the Toyota being on his own out in Colorado there with with Cole. But they're making progress, and, you know, they're not really going to go away. They've ever since 2015, since they've gotten together, they've always been there. They've been lurking. So, I mean, the reality is they hold three of the top six Spots in the in the regular standings, three of the top five in terms of the playoff standings. Joe Gibbs Racing is because, in due part, because Jim France wants it that way. Uh, they are the best team in the sport at the moment, and uh, I mean Eric Jones' potential's there right now. He's just outside the cut, a point away from the cut. Um, his one win in Cup is at Daytona, so you know who knows what will happen. But you know, the potential is there for him to win anywhere. But they don't really have like what you said. They don't. The trickle down effect really only goes as far as the 11, 18, and 19. Once it goes past, it doesn't go past that. The 95 is negligible. I mean, they're about a C. C plus team. They've always been that way. Whether they had Michael McDowell in the car, when they had Candy Kane in the car, he didn't care. And then he hit the wall a couple times and he didn't have any brains anymore. And then he quit. 
so it didn't really matter. They're not that great of a team. They're nowhere near what Furniture Row was. It's going to take them two to three years to really probably another year for them to be possibly at that level. Uh, I don't know if Wheels can get them there, but that's probably what is going to have to happen. Ha- is going to have to happen. The Reddit, me, the Reddit uh, people want De Benedetto and Corey to matter. Yeah, D yeah. Burrito and all. That's fine. You'll probably get the fan vote. That's great. Nobody cares. Uh, you know, he may do well on Sunday. Uh, he led the most laps at Daytona, I think, in the 500. So, and Daryl Walter couldn't, and all of them couldn't stop slobbering over him. They have, I think there must be a, a bet or something that they have to mention him multiple times during the broadcast and they get a bonus or something or they get a dog treat. Um, so, I mean, whatever. I, I don't see the 95 as anything great. Right now, the 95 is only is in its own little world. It's ahead of, uh, you know, some of the other, the full-time, the back-end full-time teams, and is giving up a bunch of points to, you know, that next tier, which is like Busher and above. So mm-hmm. the Benedetto isn't that great of a driver unless you love Reddit. He never really has been. Uh, he just Roy. He's the new Roy Rage. He's the new Carl Edwards. He's Roy Rage except the bus talent. It is what it is. Whatever you know. And, but Toyota, okay. yeah. Toyota is yeah. Toyota is going to have that advantage, and they're going to continue to have that advantage. So if you're a fan of Toyota, then good. Uh, you, you probably like what's going on right now. I think when you're a uh, what what's really helped Toyota this year, and I'll give them my great to find family in a second. Is that they? You know, this is this package here in 2019 is I think favored these Xfinity Series drivers and teams that are not drivers, but drivers who have had a lot of Xfinity Series uh, experience over the last couple of years because this car runs like it a lot like it. So, um, you know, and and if you have a team that's run the Xfinity Series like Joe Gibbs, like Team Penske, uh, like Stuart Haas the last few years, you kind of know what what goes into those cars. So I feel like that's helped them a little bit this year. Uh, as far as Di Benedetto and the uh, 95 car is concerned, or C-plus team, um, there's been some times where they've run pretty good this year. There's been times where they struggled. Again, that team is, like you said, they're way behind where Furniture Row was, but I'm not sure you're going to find a team that could do what, what Furniture Row did as a solo cooperation. Sounds like they might move to a two-cooperation next year. We'll see. Um, but Right now, they're a C-plus team. I don't think they're making the playoffs anytime soon. Um, but they've done a decent job this year with what they have. And, uh, you know, right now, they've got to focus on getting some sponsorship in that 95 car, full-time sponsorship, a big-time company behind them, and uh, and then see where they can go from there. So those are our grades. We're going to give the uh, other other teams here uh, a shout-out here, too. Just, you know, we don't have to go into great detail here, Philip. but how about Starcom Racing and um, – Rick Ware, I give Starcom a D plus. I think Starcom's, you know, they're they're only in their second or third year and second full year of existence. They've done a decent job. I feel like they're not as good as they were last year, um, and maybe because they, I, I didn't expect them to be as good as they were as a full first full time team in their a team in their first full time season. Um, but they still do okay. You know, they're not they're not up there with with the sec, with the next tier of drivers and teams yet with. You know the the front row motorsports, the ninety five, the forty seven, the thirteens of the world. Yet they're a step behind them, but they do a decent job, so they get D minus. And the other only other team that's really got charters uh, is Rick Ware, and and I'm gonna be honest with you, they get an F. I mean it's just um and and then you got the fifteen there too with uh with Ross Chastain. I love Chastain. He's great. Um he's a great driver. You know that team doesn't really have a whole whole lot of funding behind them. So uh, I give them a, a uh, I give them a D plus too with Starcom. You know, again, not great. We don't have to go into great detail if, if you don't feel like it. But what about those three teams? Yeah. Because they'll round out the charter teams. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the, the double zero, Landon Castle, uh, you can go back years and years ago to when the COT came out, and he did a lot of that testing to help Hendrick Motorsports. He won a Senior Rookie of the Year. I've always held Landon Castle to a high, higher regard than a lot of people. Uh, I don't think he's really had 
the opportunities. I think the best opportunity he ever had was with front row when he drove for that for that one year. Um, they're yeah, the D D plus in terms of the 15 car Ross Chastain pulled the top 10 out at Daytona in the 500. Uh, I mean that basically I would say is yeah, it's like a D plus effort. You know, uh, Rick Ware Racing is a joke. Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's basically a far. It, it makes the charter system between those two teams inspire. Uh, they make the charter system a farce. It's a farcical. Uh, it's in the words, in the immortal words of uh, Al Michaels, it's a f- totally farcical call. But um, uh, the fact is, there it's 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 just like swapping points among cellar dwellers. Uh, yep. I mean, the Rick Ware racing went and caused the caution at the Daytona 500, wrecking into each other. Then the next week, BJ McLeod um, and Ryan Priest ran into each other at Atlanta. Like, like that's all they've done. And then Quinn Hoff last race at Richmond was driving slower than I was in my freaking Kia getting to and from Richmond and was basically a, was a moving chicane. Uh, so, I mean, Spire's a joke, um, but they're basically connected to premium motorsports. Yeah. And then, so that means they're going to be a joke. And then Rick Ware is another seller dweller, so whatever, just give him an F and just call it a day. Yeah, Spire, and, and I was going to actually left off, you know, and that, that's the thing that bothers me about these charters. And I know people are going to probably go crazy because they look at Spire and they say they are a team. They're not really a team. They're just sort of a, a company that has a charter that they get, you know, a team that wants to come race a couple of weeks says, oh, we'll, we'll go under your banner. And, and I mean, I, I'm not sure what the Justin Haley situation is this weekend. If you haven't seen it yet, Haley's uh, the, on the entry list for the 77 car this weekend. Uh, my guess is that's not a Spire car. I would either think that's an RCR car or maybe a TMS entry since, uh, Haley ran there at TMS a year ago. Um, he's over there at Colic Racing this year in the Xfinity Series. Or, you know, Colic has a, a major alliance with Richard Childress, so it could be a third RCR car with the 77 thrown on the side. I'm not really sure how that all plays in, into it. And remember when Casey Mears ran a 27, that was sort of an RCR effort as well. Uh, ran a 77, excuse me, at Daytona. Um, so it was sort of, you know, Spire but not Spire at Daytona, and it's fine. It might be the same situation here with um, with Justin Haley this weekend, not Casey Mears. Um, so, you know, we'll see. And that's the thing that bothers me about that charter. Like you said, it kind of makes it ridiculous where teams can sort of rent them out and and stuff like that. Uh, you know, but in NASCAR. You know, and, and basically people are like, well, well, what do you want them to do about it? Well, they can police it a little bit better, you know. But it started when they let the Wood Brothers have a charter with the 32 team, uh, and and they were sort of – Archie St. Hilaire was sort of the owner of the uh, – that's when it all started. They should have stopped it right then in the tracks there. But they let the, the you know, uh, the worms out of the out of the can there, and, um, and everything was, um, you know, has been downhill with the charters since then. Especially for the for the bottom teams. Uh, okay, Philip. Um, good job on the report cards. I had a lot of fun breaking down each team and, and stuff like that. But time for Talladega. I mean, we're racing in Talladega. I know it's not your favorite style of racing. It's funny because I had a, my co-host last year with a sort of same mentality. as you a dirt guy who loved Tony Stewart, and uh, he hated plate racing and hated it with a passion. And, um, you know, you don't seem to really have a, the best fondness, I'll leave it at that. I don't want to put words in your mouth, for plate racing. Um, but, unfortunately, you know, it is, if you don't like it, I understand that. I'm a big road course guy, but we still have to break it down a little bit here. Uh, I guess my first question is, um, what do you think we're going to see? And, and you, you have been uh, open about the fact that you really like the tandem racing that we saw uh, five, six years ago in NASCAR before NASCAR kind of put a, put a taboo on it and, and changed some things up. Do you think we're going to see that? I mean, because last year's come out and said we're pretty much going to see that here at the, at Talladega this weekend. Do you think we're going to see that at Talladega this weekend? And how do you think that's going to change the racing? 
Yeah, I mean, my the point is if you're not a fan of Earnhardt or you're not a fan of somebody that theoretically makes their name at restricted plate races, you probably shouldn't like restricted plate racing in general. Uh, so I go there. Then add the fact that I was a Tony Stewart fan, and then you probably go down that hill even further. My love of restricted plate racing basically went away once Ernie Irvin got hurt in 1994. So, except for about a year and a half run when Tony had that great car from like 05 to 06, and then he killed it in the Daytona 507. I think the, but anyway, in terms of what we're going to see on Sunday, I have no idea because typical NASCAR, very limited practice. They're going to have this package. They might respond after Saturday afternoon. They might have – they'll have one practice, I think, before qualifying. Or, or and I'm curious as to what the schedule is. I'm sorry I don't know it offhand. I mean, it's a problem for us, us normal folk. I'm like Jenna Fryer who likes to napalm freaking fans. We actually have to work uh, in in terms of – you know, you only have a couple of practices. They're going to have qualifying, which is single car qualifying. Uh, they might have one actual practice with this draft, so they may or may not respond in terms of adjusting the the spacer. Uh, I think the fact they'll have a little more throttle response will be a plus. Might give them an opportunity to pass a little more. They've got this honking spoiler that might be the closest thing to the Superbird. Dodge Daytona, you know, wing. Uh, so they won't be able to see out the back. They haven't been able to see out of the back because of the, the seats they have now. But they definitely won't be able to see out of the back now. Uh, right. So if somebody comes up on them, they're done. It's going to be Rex. I mean, the point is the only the only functional purpose of Daytona and Talladega at this point is to just have big Rex. So, you know, that you'll probably get. You'll probably get that. You probably have wild card type situation, uh, but you know when you consider the people we were talking about at Daytona, what happened at Daytona in general before they started running over each other because nobody has respect for anybody anymore. Uh, I think I think the tandem might come back, but I don't think they want it. So I figure if anything comes out to where they go and start doing that, either NASCAR is going to tape them off solid or they're going to do something crazy and they're going to make it so you can't do that, which is BS. Well, um, yeah, the, way that, the way the bumpers match up and all that stuff, you, you want to go and police it that much, you might as well just make it rock and let's get it over with. I'll say this. I wasn't a huge fan of the tandem, but – um, I've said this about the Xfinity Series. I hate the fact that it's in NASCAR's hands to police the tandem racing in the Xfinity yeah. Series. I think it's so yeah. insane to me. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that, as far as that's concerned, um, you know, if you want to change the package and do anything you want to make sure they don't tandem again, change the cars and, and make sure that, it, that they don't do that. But it, let let the race play out the way it's supposed to play out. Don't sit there and say, well, we're going to tape them up because it just sort of makes it a gimmick. So I, you're probably right, Philip. That's what they're going to do because they don't want the tandem. But even though I don't really care for the tandem either, I'd rather see the tandem than fabricated racing with, like you said, the tape, the nose taped up to the front or rules in place where they say, hey, if you touch the bumper in the corners, you know, uh, we're going to black flag it because, you know, We've seen how well um, the policing's gone with three wide restarts this year, and it, it just to me, um, I, I don't know. I just the way I look at it is, I just think I'd rather have um, true racing, even though it's not exactly what I what I like. But I'd rather have a true race and then kind of d- d- dissect it from there. And if we got to make changes over from Talladega to Daytona, that's fine. But let it play out, and and you know, with all these simulations, stuff, you would think that um, that they could have something figured out by now. You'd hope. This is restrictor place was supposed to be a temporary solution in 1987, and we're in 2019. I think yep. they whiffed on that just a little bit. Yeah. 
That's for sure. I want to thank everybody for listening to Talking Circles tonight. Had a great show, and uh, we'll see you after Talladega on Sunday, breaking down the uh, the race from Talladega Super Speedway. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time.